0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews, and today we are in Deuteronomy chapter 29. These are the words of the covenant that Yahweh commanded Moses to make with the people of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant that he made with them at Horeb. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that Yahweh did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw the signs, and those great wonders. But to this day Yahweh has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread, and you have not drunk wine or strong drink, that you may know that I am Yahweh your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon the king of Heshbon and Og the king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it to, gave it for an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of the Manassites. Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. You are standing today, all of you, before Yahweh your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders, and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the sojourner who is in your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water, so that you may enter into the sworn covenant of Yahweh your God, which Yahweh your God is making with you today, that he may establish you today as his people, and that he may be your God as he promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It is not with you alone that I am making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing here with us today before Yahweh our God and with whoever is not here with us today. You know how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed. And you have seen their detestable things, their idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold, which were among them. Beware lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from Yahweh our God to go and to serve the gods of those nations. Beware, lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my own heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Yahweh will not be willing to forgive him. But rather, the anger of Yahweh and his jealousy will smoke against that man. And the curses written in this book will settle upon him. And Yahweh will blot out his name from under heaven. And Yahweh will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity, in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. And the next generation, your children who rise up after you, and the foreigner who comes from a far land, will say, when they see the afflictions of the land and the sicknesses with which Yahweh has made it sick, the whole land burned out with brimstone and salt, nothing sown and nothing grown, where no plant can sprout and overthrow like that of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which Yahweh overthrew in his anger and wrath. All the nations will say, Why has Yahweh done thus to this land? What caused the heat of this great anger? Then people will say, It is because they abandoned the covenant of Yahweh the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt, and went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they had not known and whom he had not allotted to them. Therefore the anger of Yahweh was kindled against this land, bringing upon it all the curses written in this book. And Yahweh uprooted them from their land in anger and fury and great wrath, and cast them into another land as they are this day. The secret things belong to Yahweh our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. This is the word of the Lord. A lot of conversation early in this text about the idea of covenants. Covenants were blood packs. I mean, animals would be sacrificed. The two parties making the, the pact together would walk through the blood of the sacrifice And since the covenant was cut using blood, if a covenant was broken, the penalty for that would be death for the one who had broken it. So that's part of our conversation around a covenant and important for us to bear in mind is God makes a covenant with his people that he would be our God and we would be his people. We see this again and again, actually, in the Old Testament. This idea comes up frequently. Well, we failed to be his people. And so the punishment for our failing to keep this covenant of God is our own death. This is why we have the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus' blood shed on the cross for us both finishes the old covenant, pays the price for our sin and rebellion against God, the death that we deserve. But his death also, that blood shed, is the blood needed to cut a new covenant. A covenant in which we are again God's people, adopted by his grace, forgiven in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. So we are now people of the new covenant, with the old covenant having been finished, as Jesus said, as he died on the cross. Now, as we look at some of the details of this text, we can see in the second paragraph, verses 2 through 9, really all that God has been doing for his people. Uh, His covenants continue to be rooted in his promises and in his deeds. You have seen it all. You have seen it with your own eyes. You saw the signs. You saw these great wonders. You saw what God did to Pharaoh. This is something we stress. They were led for 40 years. Their clothes did not wear out. Their sandals did not wear out. They didn't need the strong drink to get through that time. God provided for them all things. And even when an enemy came out for battle, the Lord provided and defeated that enemy from before them. God has kept his promises. Now, near the end of that paragraph, we learn that not all the tribes of Israel, so the 12 tribes, they did not all go into the promised land. Reuben, the firstborn, his descendants, then Gad, and then half of a tribe. So Manasseh, the son of Joseph, um, half of his descendants. If you're not familiar with the 12 tribes getting a little changed up here, because the Levites are going to be the priests, they don't get their own allotment of land, so that brings 12 down to 11. So Joseph, being the favorite uh, son of of Jacob of Israel, his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, uh, they get put into the list. So Joseph is removed, Levi is removed, Manasseh and Ephraim come in. Manasseh's tribe now just divided itself in half, staying with Reuben and Gad on the eastern side of the Jordan River, not quite coming into the promised land. One of the questions in this text we can be asking of our children uh, comes verse 9 here. We've seen this phrasing quite a bit in the, the book of Deuteronomy that we should do what the Lord commands us to do. A great conversation. Ask our kids, why is it important for us to do what God says? And see where that conversation might lead your family tonight. Hopefully, uh, it'll lead you to the point of talking about Jesus forgiving us uh, for not doing what the Lord says. But there are many good things that would come from us keeping the Lord's commands. So enjoy that conversation together. As we see then all the people gathering together in the next paragraph, everyone, even the sojourner who doesn't really seem like part of their nation, even he is is brought into this conversation and brought into this covenant uh, A a wonderful gift that God is including all people. And then he includes, even in this, verse 15, those who aren't there today. So the future generations that are to come. The big paragraph, starting at verse 16, talks about how we lived in Egypt and the, the detestable things that the Egyptians were doing. These were pagan practices, even how the Israelites lived. They were not living as children of the Lord. They were living in idolatry and doing these terrible things. And so now as they come out, as they are being redeemed, as they are being made into a people by covenant to be God's people, there is a warning again against idolatry. Uh, To be cautious of a, a person, anyone or an entire tribe even, who would turn away from God and seek to turn others away from God. The line in verse 19, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart, is a conversation of unrepentance. That's the danger uh, to our Christian faith, that we would not repent of our sins. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. But we have forgiveness in Christ. Unless we reject that forgiveness by saying that we would rather cling to our sins. So this is the caution being given. Um, that kind of an attitude, that kind of person among them is going to lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. Moist and dry. So the the ones who are are strong in their faith and the ones who have no faith, the ones who are lively and the ones who are dead um, in terms of their spirit in the Lord are both at risk. This gets it to the idea Paul writes in Galatians 5, 9, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. The sinner, uh, the unrepentant sinner remaining in their midst and and enjoying his sin among them, that runs the danger of that sin um, impacting the rest of the community and harming more. So the faithful and the faithless both will be brought to harm. This is the idea of community together verse 20, uh, sorry, verse 20, we see curses will be brought upon them. The curses that are written in this book, that's a reference to that long list in chapter 28, and their name would be blotted out. That goes back to the end of chapter 25 from under the heaven. Your children rise up after you As a reference uh, back again to verse 14 here, and 15, as God makes this new covenant, including those who are not there yet, to be a part of it. We get a list of uh, cities down in verse 23, uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, Admah, and Zeboim. These are listed out in Genesis 14, listing the different cities in the Valley of Sidim. They are also uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, listed in Genesis chapter 19. These are places that God destroyed because of their idolatry and their wickedness. And so in time, the children and the foreigner are going to ask, what happened? Why did God Why did God bring this judgment upon his people? And there will be someone. There will be someone with the wisdom to be there to say, it's because they abandoned God. This is a way we can look at our own world today. As people ask the question, why is there so much evil in the world? Why would God allow these things to exist? Evil is a punishment of our sin. Death is a punishment of our sin. Suffering is a punishment of our sin. Uh, we can't avoid this this reality. Uh, if we did not sin, if we were perfect, uh, creation would still be perfect. But we are sinners, and so we we suffer and we die. The very end of that paragraph is going to get into a conversation around casting them into another land. That's a reference to God removing the Israelites and the Judaites from the, the promised land and giving it over to Assyria and to Babylon uh, for a time as part of the judgment. Verse 29, the last verse of the text, is a good one uh, really for us to almost have as a motto for our, our, our faith. The secret things belong to Yahweh our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. We cannot understand all the things of God, but we can understand what he has revealed to us. Uh, Excellent chance for some more discussion as a family to ask one another for examples of each. What, What things would be secret? What would be the hidden will of God? And on the other side, what has he revealed give you some examples a, a hidden will of god thing would be when the second coming is going to occur when is jesus going to come back for us another would be to get into particulars why am i suffering in the way that i'm suffering right now why did why did this person die at this time but this evil person why were they allowed to live longer those would be hidden wills of god kind of statements or or secret things of god But the revealed things of God, that's going to be everything we have in God's word. His promises, his love for us, in addition to his law. So we want to include the law as well, but his gospel primarily is where we want to go with this conversation. Uh, Revelation, revealing, is the Greek word uh, epiphanos, which is where we get epiphany. God revealing his gospel to all the nations. The season of Epiphany in the church year celebrates exactly that, that God has revealed his good news to all people. And that good news is that Jesus Christ came to be our Lord and Savior, that new covenant cut for us, that we would once again be God's people, forgiven, and given new life in him. Amen.